Okay, the doors are shut and locked, so you're stuck here. Um, so obviously, Brother Mac is not here this morning. Uh, I'm better looking. No, but you were, but you were laughing the loudest. Um, so let's go ahead and, and stand and have a closing. Uh, have a closing. Uh, it's going to be a long day. Have a closing word before we start, um, and then uh, uh, just ask you to take a few time, a few moments to. Um, go around and have a time of fellowship. If you're visiting here with us this morning, there is a visitor's slip there in, uh, in the pew holder there where the Bible, the songbooks are. There's also a purple colored slip of paper or blue, whatever color you want to look at it. Uh, if there's somebody in the community that you would like for the evangelism ministry to visit, if you fill that out and also put that in the uh, in the offering plate. So let's go ahead and open in prayer and we'll start our worship service um, this morning. Brother uh, ST, would you lead us in an open word? You have the announcements there in your bulletin. You'll see them showing up, uh, showing up here as you go and uh, visit. And welcome everybody that's here. Yeah, let's take time to shake some hands. Welcome our visitors. Thank you. He decided he was going. He left already. Said, "I'm starting vacation." No, he's here. I'll get a hold of security. Water. Where's water? Is there any office? Yeah. Did you go get me a bottle? Did you go get me a bottle? And we'll wait till you get back.
Come thy fount of every blessing. Hymn number 15 in our hymn book. Come thy fount of every blessing. To my heart to sing thy praise. Streams of mercy never ceasing. All for songs the loudest praise. Jesus on the your blessings. Many men. When upon my fellows you are
the offering. We're going to do things just a little bit different this morning. Uh, after we finish the offering and Miss Laura's going to come and sing a special, as soon as they come back up for the offering, just let it be known that that's when the children can leave for Children's Church. Um, so let's see how that works. Brother Marvin, would you lead us in a word of prayer, please? I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. 
And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. What gift of grace is Jesus, my Redeemer? There is no more for heaven now to give. He is my joy, my righteousness and freedom, my steadfast love, my deep and boundless peace. To this I hold my Throne. To this I hold. 
still my lips shall repeat yet not I but through Christ in me to this I hold my hope is only Jesus all the glory evermore to him when the race is complete still my lips shall repeat yet not I but through Christ in me when the race is complete still my lips shall repeat yet not I but through Christ in me yet not I but through Christ in me yet not I but through Christ in me. I was aboard ship when uh, I accepted Christ as my Lord and Savior, and prior to that, when you're on ship, the back of your coats or the jerseys, whatever you were wearing, there was usually two letters followed by two or three numbers. The two letters would designate what department you were in, or really what you did and what department you were in. And for several months prior to accepting Christ, every once in a while, uh, there was one particular man that I would see walking around and he would have these two letters and then these numbers. And um, I was in the good part of the Navy. I was in aviation. Uh, so I'm sorry. Just have to deal with it. Um, so I wasn't sure with all the things that was on ship because I wasn't stationed on the ship. But there was one guy, I'd always see his coat, and it was two letters and then a couple of numbers. I said, I don't know. Now I know what VF was, that was a squadron, and you know, I knew what AC department, I knew what all these other, but it's just one department. I, I just uh, think, I wonder what that is. Um, this has got nothing to do with sermon, by the way. Um, and uh, shortly after I was saved, uh, I saw this man going walking through, and I said, boom, that's it. Now I know what it was. It was GA220, Galatians 2.20. So that was free. I got an extra 10 minutes to spare here. Uh, if you would, I'd like for you to turn into God's Word to the book of Acts, chapter 1. The book of Acts, chapter 1. Um, 
We're just going to be, begin reading in verse 2 of chapter 1. And would you stand with me in reverence to the reading of God's Word? And to the day in which he was taken up, after he through the Holy Spirit was given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs, being seen by them during forty days, and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? And he, Jesus, said to them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father has put in his own authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, to all Judea, Samaria, Samaria, and to the end of the earth. Father, again, we just pray for your Spirit to speak to us, to, Father, just to touch our hearts, that whatever your message is from this passage of Scripture, that, Father, we'll, we'll hear it, heed to it, uh, and obey it. And also, Father, just for a, a binding of Satan, that while he will be in this service trying to lead others' minds and thoughts away from your word, that through the power and the presence of your Holy Spirit, we will hear your word and respond to it for I ask it in your name. Amen. Amen. You may sit down. Sometimes I forget to tell you to sit down. Uh, I learned a very valuable lesson the first wedding that I did. I forgot to tell them to sit down. So for the whole service, they stood. Uh, didn't hurt them. Unfinished business. I have a little notepad at home. Some of... Some of you have the same type of little notebook or folder, little notepad. And I don't mean to get any of you in trouble, but we call it a to-do list. Any men have a to-do list? There's only one that omits it. Well, I was getting to that. Some may call it a honeydew list. It's unfinished business. That's what the writer of Acts is trying to tell us. There's unfinished business. Let's get this straight. Salvation is not the end of the means. 
Salvation is the means to the end. One day, if you know Christ as your Lord and Savior, you will be in the presence of Christ in glory. But it's not like retirement. I've accepted Christ, so now I can retire and do whatever I want to do because I know that there's going to come a time when the Lord's going to take me home and then I'm going to be with Christ. So in the meantime, I can do what I want to do. I can do what I want to do. I can live my life the way I I want to. The Lord presented some proofs in verse 3. To whom He also presented Himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs. There's a process here, or a series of events here in Acts. We see that Jesus, after his resurrection, for approximately 40 days, he walked around. Uh, He was trying to give them some infallible proofs. He was alive. And it was actually Him that was alive. Now we can look at this and think, well, you know, I don't don't understand how anybody could spend years with the individual, they die, and after three days, all of a sudden they come back to life. How can they miss that? How could they miss that infallible proof? It's simple. We miss it all the time. We don't see it. And Christ was not only, was He not only infallible proofs, but it was indiscriminate. He just didn't go to a few people. He, he walked around. The first people to see Jesus were the two men as they were walking down the road. Can you imagine that? Come on, y'all. Get alive here. Can you imagine the, the person that you have placed your trust and hope in that all of a sudden they're gone? You know, it, it is... Uh, whew, I'm going to get in trouble with this, maybe. We live our lives without Christ and it doesn't bother us. We, we see these infallible truths. We see what Christ wants us to do and we kind of just blow it off. Well, okay, you know, I'll, I'll try harder. There were more people disappointed when Trump was an elected president than there is for born-again believers to, to not serve Christ in this church. Amen? Hello? Okay. It it was in he went around to everybody. Could you imagine walking down the road? Christ has just died. He's gone. Our hope is has 
has been destroyed. And as these two men are talking, Jesus is walking right next to them. What would you all do if you left here today and you went someplace and as you're walking around, all of a sudden, Christ was walking by you, talking to you. It was, it was indiscriminate. The whole purpose for Christ doing that wasn't, his whole purpose was to be instructive. He said he taught them. One of the last conversations Christ had on the earth before he ascension was with who? The apostle Peter. The man who had just denied him three times. And you know, isn't it the numerology in the Bible is just fascinating. Peter denied him three times. But yet the last conversation that Christ had was with Peter, and he asked Peter the same question three times. You know what it was? Do you love me? You ever stop and think about, well, that's kind of a coincidence. He asked Peter three times, do you love me? Because just shortly before that, Peter showed that he didn't love him. I don't know this guy. Not heard of him. I'm, I'm not a part of him. So he's been walking around for about 40 days. Now, you know, there's so many just so many coincidences in the Bible. Isn't it a coincidence that on the Passover, when they sacrificed the lamb without spot and without blemish, was also the one that would serve as a substitute for their sins? That that was the same day that Christ died at the Passover? Quite a coincidence. Isn't it a coincidence that after three and a half days, the first day of the week, which was, which was Sunday, that there was the start of another festival? You know what it was? How many of y'all know what it was? Ooh, y'all are missing this. It's the, the Feast of the First Fruits. James tells us that we were a kind of what? First fruit. That was not anything new. They've been doing it for decades and decades and decades. Fifty years, fifty years, fifty days after the Passover is when they celebrated Pentecost. Here's forty days had gone by. He assembled them together in verse four. He commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem. They were not in Jerusalem. Go to Jerusalem. Go down to Jerusalem and wait for the promise of the Father. What's the promise? The promise is what Christ gave, promised them that He would send a comforter. Right? Amen? Send a comforter. He also went and said, you know what? You need to go down to Jerusalem. There's 40 days. We know what happened on day 50. The Spirit was poured out. They said, go down to Jerusalem. I'm going to be there in just a little bit. 
in essence, that's what he means. I'll be there in a little while. I said, I'm going to be there. I'm going to be there shortly. I'm going to be right there. Some have determined that from the time that Jesus told them to go to Jerusalem, which was day 40, and the uh, Pentecost was on day 50, hence the word 50, was 10 days, that it took them anywhere from 6 to 7 days to travel back to Jerusalem. Go there and wait. Uh, you know, I I try to be, well, I don't really try to be positive, but I try not to be too negative. Um, do, do you see what happens here? He says, go back to Jerusalem and wait because the promise of the Spirit is going to be there. Wait. How many of us have been waiting for Christ to come back? Okay, listen, folks, come on. This is okay, but we got to have this lesson. Y'all raise your hand. Everybody raise your hand. It's a command. Raise both hands. You know what? No, no, that's perfectly legal. You just can't go like this. We are so focused on the streets of gold. We are so focused on looking for the rapture. Oh, Jesus, when are you going to come back? When are you come back? How many years have some of y'all been in church and wondering, I wonder when the Lord's going to come back? Well, wouldn't it be great to walk down those streets of gold? (laughs) Have have you ever really thought this through? Could Could you have ever thought that the gates are made up of a pearl? Could you imagine the size of the oyster? Seriously, that, that had that one pearl? We look at that, the, the, the sea of glass. We look at all of that. Oh, that's great. Yeah, but that's then, this is now. There's, we are told to be watchful when Christ comes back, but He doesn't say for us just to sit out on the porch with our 12-gauge, like the guy who's... You know, to be watchful in case somebody breaks into your into your home. Some of us take the literal word here when Christ said, "Go to Jerusalem and wait." Some of us are still waiting. You know what I'm talking about, don't you? We're still sitting there, waiting. You can look at the place where you sit every Sunday when you come to church. And you can see your own little indentation. You've been waiting there. Uh, You've been waiting there a long time. We're waiting for the Lord to come back. And we're missing the blessings of while we're waiting for Him to come back. We still have unfinished work to do. I got off my my outline. Not everybody's like this, but I think the churches have got to this point that we're like the disciples. When you look at verse 6 and 7, Christ said, listen, 
go to Jerusalem, go down to Jerusalem, I'm going to be there in a little bit. Now, the little bit's not like the preacher's little bit. I'm going to be done here in just a little bit. It's like a signal, I'll be there in just a minute. You're going to be there soon. And you're going to be empowered with the Holy Spirit. You're going to be commissioned. It's How many of y'all remember? A few of you can remember when you were down in the Jordan River And John baptized Jesus. And when he came up out of the water, what happened? And the Spirit, like a dove, descended upon him. It means over him. <coughs> Excuse me. It, it enveloped him. You're going to get that. Here in just in a few days, you just need to, to go down there. What's happened to us today? It's the same thing that happened to those guys. Verses 6 and 7. What was their question? Look at it. You got your Bibles? What was their question? What's, good, what's it going to be like? Well, you know, well, what's going to happen? What did they ask? <coughs> Lord, will this be the time that you're going to restore the kingdom? What are you talking about? That absolutely nothing to do with it. Which came first, the chicken or the egg? I, 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 here's my question. I'm not going to ask it, but you know what I'm kind of wondering? Yeah, I know the Lord's going to come back. You know what my question is? Did it Adam and Eve have belly buttons? Think, think about it. Okay, what are these guys talking about? Hey, it, Lord, is this going to be when you're going to restore the kingdom? What did he say? No, it's not. Yes, I'm going to restore it, but there's other things you need to be focused about. There's nothing wrong with, with the anticipation of the Lord calling us on to being caught up in the air and, and going to glory. There's nothing wrong with that. But, but we sit around waiting for the Lord to come back when the Lord says, no, you're not supposed to be sitting. You're supposed to be standing. You're supposed to be going out and doing something. You will receive power. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon me. And then you will witness. Witness. You know what witness means? It means to, it means to share the gospel. That's what it means. To share the gospel.
Well, you know, that's a preacher's job. Isn't that right, Thomas? That's, pre- that's a preacher's job, share the gospel. You know, I just, I just feel uncomfortable sharing the gospel. Anybody here feel a little uncomfortable sharing the gospel? Be honest. Just two of us. I guess we're in a unique group. Three of us. My first pastor, Christian pastor, Dr. Gay. I remember the first time we went out to eat. I was, I mean, I was a young believer. We sat down to eat at a restaurant and a waitress came up. Dr. Gaze just talked to her a little bit and he says, can I ask you a question? And the waitress says, what? Do you know Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior? I said, oh my goodness, Fred. What are you doing? That's embarrassing. We have the indwelling power to share the gospel. It's the Holy Spirit that gives us the direction. It's the Holy Spirit that gives us the courage. I I don't feel comfortable sharing the gospel. Amen. Who does? The Holy Spirit gives us the power to do that. And that's what Jesus was telling the disciples. You don't share the gospel and then get filled with the Spirit. The Spirit leads you. Now, I'm going to close with this. Don't get excited about the time. Close with this. You know, we can criticize the the apostles. We can criticize them. And when we stop and realize it, well, we criticize them, but we do the same thing. Um, they were more interested in getting to glory than they were in serving Christ. It was unfinished business. It wasn't finished. It was unfinished. Jesus Christ will come back one day. But it wasn't yesterday. Was it? My goodness. Was it yesterday? Will it be today? Will it be tomorrow? <clears throat> when I first moved down to Arkansas, I was a city boy, and I remember there was a small town by where we lived. We moved down to Arkansas. I mean, I've lived in Kansas City my whole life and come down. Man, you talk about country. You go to Shirley, Arkansas. Any of y'all know where Shirley, Arkansas is? I know the Raglans do. Man, you talk about country. You go can go downtown, and you know what you can find? <coughs> when you went downtown, there's two or three tables. You know where at those two or three tables in downtown? Shirley, Arkansas. Your turn. Checkers. All the old, all the, uh, to keep it for you guys, all the old G's. We're down around the city hall playing checkers. That's all they had to do in life. 
play checkers. I wonder if that's what all that we have to do in life. It's just play checkers. Waiting for the Lord to come back. What happened in verse 9? <laughs> well, this is, you, you got to laugh at this. It's, it, it's funny. I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. Lord, is, <coughs> excuse me. Lord, is this when you're going to restore the kingdom of, of heaven? It's, what? What kind of question is that? No, it's not. It's when you're going to be empowered by the Spirit to go and share the gospel of Jesus Christ, which the church doesn't do anymore. Amen? You can say amen. So what happened next? (coughs) So while they're talking, and the disciples are standing around looking at each other, talking, and says, well, if it's not going to be when the kingdom's going to be restored, that they just didn't get it. What happened? Jesus ascended into glory. He ascended up. This is beautiful. You got to get this, folks. Come on. This is, man, this is, you, you can't plan this stuff out. What were they doing? He ascended. It took two messengers to, to go up to him. Now, this is the new revised Tyson, Tyson version. Hello, wake up. He's not coming back today. You got other stuff to do. Why are you standing there with your jaw dropped? He's not coming back today. It may be tomorrow. Guess what? It may be 2,000 years. He's gone. He's already told you He's going to send you a comforter. He's going to send you somebody that's going to lead you. You're not going to be out on your own. All you've got to do is to go down to Jerusalem... But what are you doing? You're standing around with your jaw dropped. Get busy. Get busy. Unfinished business. We looked at this in our Sunday school class this morning. We're in... uh, in First John, uh, and in First John chapter three, um, there's a little passage of scripture. Uh, I didn't plan it, but this is the way it came out. First John chapter three. <clears throat> As we look at this, I'm, I'm going to give you the verse when I get to this 
1 John chapter 3, John is telling them, you know what? There's going to be a time when the Lord Jesus is coming back. He's going to take us out. That's the good news. Isn't that great news? Isn't that great news? You want to know what the bad news is? The Lord's going to take us to glory. What? Then we will see Jesus face to face. (coughs) In your current relationship to Jesus Christ right now, if He'd come back, would you really want to meet Him face to face with the way you're living right now? Will you really, do you really want to face them? Bill, what did you do for me? Why didn't you live your life for me like you should? Well, you know, I got a job. I got a life. When I get finished with my honeydew list, then I'll get back to yours. One day we're going to face Jesus face to face. Boy, won't that be great? But have we lived our life for Him? Is there not today, is there anybody here that has some unfinished business in their life and service to Jesus Christ? Any of you? So what are you going to do about it? <clears throat> it? It's amazing to me. When I was growing up, when I was a teenager, all the Youth for Christ meetings I went to. Being a part of the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. You want to talk about a contradiction of terms. of all the times I had heard the gospel and yet this just went over my head. (coughs) And by God's grace, he didn't give up. But Christ saved me to give me life. But that's not the end. That's the beginning. There is a church, well, it happens to be in Shirley, Arkansas, <coughs> that there was a sign that I thought was totally wrong. First Baptist Church, Shirley. Saved to serve. I was not saved to serve. I was saved for salvation. Amen? Hello? Christ has got a purpose for our life. He tried to get that through to the disciples. And you know who it took for them to finally get the message for it to sink in? It took somebody just like you and me. It took somebody like Peter. The one who denied Christ. 
That's who it took. Unfinished, unfinished business. All right, I'm going to close with this. I'm not looking at the time. Two weeks from two weeks, what are we going to be doing here? Spiritual renewal weekend. It's not for the lost. It's for us. It's for Montanay Baptist Church. Folks, we've got unfinished business. And it's not the playground area. It's not the parking lot. Guess what unfinished business is? Sharing the gospel. Sharing the gospel. Are there areas in your life that you need to get right with Christ? Well, you can do it today. Or guess what? You can do it next Sunday. Isn't that great? Have I lost y'all already? You can do it next week, right? Or we can do it the week after that. <coughs> now, this is my style of preaching. This, this is the way I, I do things. And just because somebody doesn't do it my way or I don't do it the way that they do it doesn't mean they're right and I'm wrong. <coughs> but this, this is my process. We're going to stand here in a few moments. We're going to have what's called what? Yeah, I like that. No, it's not an invitation. It's an altar call. Now I know, to, to me, if you really want to get your life and heart, your heart and life right with Christ, then you need to get down on your knees. You need to come to the altar. Well, I can do it. I can do it just standing right where you are. Can you do that? Can you do it just right where you are? <laughs> How's that working for you? Sunday after Sunday, Lord, I'm going to give my life to you. I didn't mean that to be sarcastic. How's that working for you? It's nobody else's business what I do, so I don't need to come down here. There is somebody's business. It's the Lord's business. So how are you going to respond? Are you going to be like them and just kind of stand up? You know, I know what I'm supposed to do. But you know what I'm not looking at now? I'm looking about the future. I'm looking about when I get to go home to glory. Instead of being about the Lord's business now. Would you stand with me as we have a closing word? Brother Harold's going to lead us in one stanza. After he does that, George is going to continue to pray. This is another one of the many multitudes of opportunities you have been given to turn your life over to Christ.
the unfinished business can be finished today. What song, Harold? The Lord's leading you to make a decision. Folks, don't let, don't let Satan stop you. Make the decision. If you need to come to the altar, come to the altar. If the decision you need to make and you just need want somebody to pray with you, you respond not how I ask you or others, but how the Holy Spirit is leading. Harold, as you sing. are open please lead you to make a decision concerning your relationship with the church if you need to come to the altar confess your life to him Miss Georgie is just going to play another stanza or two you bow your heads search your heart you will do somebody's will today it'll be the Lord's will or it'll be the the devil's will more stands and then we're going to close the service don't miss this opportunity is there unfinished business in your life that you need to get right today it's your time before we close Let's have a closing word of prayer. Member services tonight uh, at six o'clock. Uh, men's prayer fellowship at five fifteen. Uh, any other announcements before we close? All right, brother Tim Degner, would you lead us in a closing word?